How do you describe the feelings that time in the wilderness evokes? Have you ever come back from the woods at a loss for words when someone asks you how your trip was? This week on the podcast, Libby author Jack DeShazer shares how he describes the romance of his time in the Scotchman Peaks. Jack has explored all over the western U.S., but he claims that the Scotchman Peaks inspire more romance than any other place he's been. We'll be listening to him read an excerpt from the chapter Hidden Basin. It's part of Jack's book, The Land Beyond All Roads. We'll hear him describe his time in this wild part of the world. I'm Henry Jordan, and this is Your Wild Place. Talk about uh, today is what my connection with the Scotch and Peak country was, and uh, what caused that connection, and the, what that connection again is is romance, and and why the the Scotchman Peak was able to create so much romance. It would, and even though the country isn't that big and all the different wilderness and you read the book you'll know that i went to everyone in the in the country around here and in some in canada there wasn't any piece of the this the world that caused me to have more romance in a scotchman peak and uh, and it was great habitat for a variety of different animals the other thing was that there i wasn't having to share it with anyone else so, uh, and probably the best way to describe describe why and how I had a connection uh, and what that connection was with Scotchman Peak is uh, out of the story that I wrote about Scotchman Peak, which is called Hidden Basin. I'll, I'll pick, there's like uh, three or four uh, paragraphs that I think if I read them, it would be better than anything I could communicate to you just by having a conversation. And anyway, it starts out, the first paragraph will start out with, I think the different feelings I have about Hidden Basin are similar to what the early Native Americans felt towards their hunting grounds. Like me, they loved their favorite hunting areas, the notional, emotional attachment and connections to the lakes, rivers, mountains, and valleys, to some can be spiritual. This terminology most often used to describe these areas is the word sacred. I don't think so much that they believe in the mount, in mountain gods. I don't think it's so much that they believed in mountain gods, but I do believe that they think the mountain but I do believe that they think of the mountains as if they were alive, as if the mountains have a soul. Spending time in Hawaii, I found it intriguing that my Polynesian friends had similar beliefs. I can't help believing this is more than just a coincidence. Romancing mountains caused me to have an emotional connection that helps bring them to life not just with abundance of animals, but alive with sounds, smells, and emotion. Like when the mountains are softly whispering, 
their secrets to me by the wind blowing through the tall trees or when they are screaming at me with the wind howling or when the water is babbling its songs as it falls over the cliffs and boulders and through the rocks. The noise of trees crashing to the ground and avalanches thundering down the side of a mountain. But the most impressive way a mountain communicates with us mortals is a different kind of thunder, that of an electrical storm. I am not talking about the typical thunderstorm the common folks have experienced down in the valleys. Envision yourself all alone on top of the world, surrounded by storm clouds. And as far as you can see, there isn't a mountain peak that you're not looking down on. Thunder is echoing off the highest peaks closest to you. Flashes of lightning is tearing up the sky in every direction. You can't stop thinking about your horse having steel shoes on every foot. I've been lucky enough to have lived through this kind of event a handful of times and loved it. You would have to be crazy not to know you could get hit by lightning, but that adds to the event because danger intensifies your emotion. During one of these storms, I can assure you that one doesn't have to listen very hard to hear the mountain. I'm not referring to just the thunder. It's the sharp crack that lightning only makes when it strikes the earth that gets your attention. If the lightning is pounding the mountain hard enough, you will feel the electricity in the air all around you. When a storm is this severe, static electricity fills the air and can cause a tingling sensation. When the storm is this severe, static electricity fills the air, which can cause a tingling sensation throughout your body. And if you look, you will see the hair on your arm standing straight up. The usual pleasant, sweet, clover-like scent of ozone that you smell after a summer rain changes to an intense, pungent odor powerful enough to burn your eyes, nose, and throat. If you were living this event riding beside me, you might find it easier than you would think to believe the mountain is flexing its muscles, and it's not just a thunderstorm, but a spiritual storm. Even though it's not as traumatic as some force sounds, water can cause a connection more than anything else and proves that wild country brings romance. Because for someone to imagine water talking to them, the sounds have to be made in the backcountry. There's not much romance in the sound of water coming out of the faucet in your kitchen sink. When thinking of water talking to you, what would probably come to mind most would be the roar of ferocious rapids or a giant angry waterfall. But I get more pleasure from talking water through the gentle murmur of slower moving water or the sounds of rapids down deep in some dark canyon way off in the distance. These sounds have a calming effect and are more like the soft purring of a kitten than the roaring of a lion. It doesn't seem to matter if it's a huge river or a tiny creek. I love hearing talking water when I'm crawling into my sleeping bag. There is another way mountains cause emotion, but for you to understand what I'm talking about, you must be close to nature. 
not to, to worry. With some help from me, I can get you close to nature. After you have read the next few sentences, close your eyes and see yourself high on top of a mountain, knee deep in snow, walking through a beautiful meadow. The moon is directly above you. It's a full moon, brighter than any moon you've ever seen before. Its light is reflecting off the snow, making it easy for you to see what looks like huge snowmen scattered throughout the meadow. These snowmen are young trees, which the snow and ice has stuck to, causing what skiers in the Northwest call snow ghosts. It's cold enough that millions of ice crystals have formed on top of the snow, and the moonlight is making these tiny crystals sparkle. And the moonlight is making these crystals sparkle like tiny diamonds. Caught up in how magnificent and beautiful this meadow is, you stop walking. Because you have walked all day and half the night, you are tired. But even though your muscles are fatigued, you're not hurting. Instead, you are feeling the high that only exercise can cause. The exercise also melted away your anxiety, gave you a clear mind, and helped you live in the moment. Even though you can't hear a sound, after standing still a few minutes, you find yourself listening to the night. Silence can be powerful. All your senses intensify and come to life. Eventually, you start hearing something, but don't understand what it is. It's, if, if, it's as if you're feeling it as much as hearing it. Then suddenly, you understand. You know you're listening to silence. If you know how to listen, silence can cause as much emotion as any sound. Another thing I love about the mountains is because of the high elevation, the air is clear and crisp, not painted with the smells caused by the people in the low valleys. The fragrance are much more intense. The scent of the different kinds of trees, bare grass and wildflowers is more tantalizing than any perfume I've ever smelled on a woman. The relationships I have with these mountains are closer to what a man would have with a lady than most people would think. Of course, there are many differences. The most important one being, I cannot have a real conversation with Hidden Basin. Only have my secret and unspoken thoughts of her. Uh, hopefully that would get across the, the, the romance that Scotchman Peak can create. And uh, I'm sure it's not just with me that would happen. And I don't even know if you have to be there for it to happen. Just knowing that kind of country's up there means a lot to me. Thanks for listening to Your Wild Place, presented by Friends of Scotchman Peaks Wilderness. For more information about the Friends, visit our website, scotchmanpeaks.org. This episode featured an excerpt from Jack DeShazer's book, The Land Beyond All Roads. Find it on Amazon or at your local bookstore in northwest Montana.
subscribe to Your Wild Place wherever you listen to podcasts.